Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the I'm Wrong Year Ride podcast. This is Jeff Clutterbuck coming to you live from Houstonsburg, Wisconsin. And joining me on the line is my faithful compatriot from Juneau, Wisconsin, Tony Ferrari. Tony, how you doing? Is it snowing by you? It is snowing by us, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm kind of sick of it. It's, it's hit the... Right now, for the listeners that listen outside of Wisconsin, we're currently stuck in what I read was an active weather pattern, which essentially means that for these next couple of weeks, we are completely at the mercy of whatever crazy global warming, polar vortex type weather patterns come on down. Yeah. Uh, well, apparently, we're, we had such a mild beginning to the winter. Now we're basically making up for that now within the last month, I would say. See, and I would much rather have it spread out throughout the course of the winter where it's like snow here, it's around for a while, get a little more snow, but we've been getting, you know, 10 inches, 8 inches, yeah, 4 I, inches. And then rain. And then rain, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we're not here to talk about the weather tone. In fact, we're starting to think about that glorious time in the summer when you can go down to the park and take in a baseball game. Pitchers and catchers have started to report for all of Major League Baseball's uh, franchises. And so we're trying to kind of get our minds set in a, at least a warmer weather climate with baseball. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. In particular, Tony and I would like to discuss some of the proposed changes that Major League Baseball is looking at with regards to their rules. And then also maybe a few changes of our own. So that is what the topic is for today. And I think, Tone, we'll kind of start out here with going through some of the things that baseball has talked about. Now, I should add the caveat that these haven't been cemented yet. These are, you know, conversations that are going back and forth between Major League Baseball and the Players Association or the union. So some of these could actually happen. Some of these might never happen. But it still is interesting to see what they're thinking just to get an idea of what baseball thinks are the problems they have with the sport. Right. And they're trying to catch up to, you know, <clears throat> where the NBA and the NFL are. But I just don't know if they can ever do that for the entertainment aspect of it because the game is so slow paced. I just, I don't think they'd ever be, they're ever going to be able to do that. I agree. There's no way to make baseball like the NFL or the NBA just due to the nature of the game, which is fine. I mean, you need you need sports like that. If everything was like the NFL, I don't think I would enjoy sports as much. I mean, everything kind of brings its own little flair. And, you know, baseball, to be fair, has been around for, you know, 100, coming up on like 200 years. So, you know, it's hard to kind of ch change some of these things. Now, a couple of the change, you know, there's there's kind of those cosmetic changes, which I guess we can kind of talk about first. So, for example, adding a 26 roster spot, reducing the number of mound visits. Um, those are the kind of things where I honestly don't really have a strong opinion on them one way or the other. I think you could probably make those changes and most fans wouldn't care. Right. Well, I mean, Tony LaRusso isn't around anymore within the managerial spot, so the mound visits aren't going to be as frequent but I know that that is a big like you know you slow the game down even more and that's what upsets people the most is because of how slow baseball is so for that rule change I'd be all in favor for that yeah because this past year it was already limited to six and now going forward they want to take it down to five or potentially even four and I think it's it, it's one of those cases where, again, you talk to a regular fan, I don't think they're going to care. If you told them, oh, you can't make six visits anymore, who, who really is going to care about that? Right. Well, the, yeah, but then you're going to have that one game you're going to watch, and there's going to be, you know, the, the, uh, the manager is going to be on the mound as much as the pitcher. Right, exactly. And that's, I mean, you just don't need, you don't need it as much. Um, one of the kind of the big issues that came up lately was the, the Heisman Trophy winner, Kyler Murray, who played for Oklahoma, I believe, right? Yes. So he was drafted by the Oakland A's, and he was also drafted in the NFL, and he's going to the NFL. And a lot of people were talking about how, you know, he might have picked baseball if it wasn't for the fact that if, you know, you get drafted by an organization, it's going to be years potentially before you actually make it up. 
to the big leagues. So one of the rule changes was allowing those two sport drafted players to be able to just jump ahead of that process and go right to the major league. Right. And I, and I know a lot of people were like, you know, it was dumb for him to go in the NFL because, you know, you could just, you know, blow your ACL out and then you're done completely where with baseball, you know, the chances of you having a longer career are a lot, you know, better. And also the money aspect too. Correct. If he is good enough down the road, I mean, you could make, you know, $250 million in one contract. Exactly. But at the same time with the NFL, if you are that good enough, you know, you can make that right away within your first, you know, four years once you get off that rookie contract. Because a lot of well, people and, think he and, could be a top 10 pick this year. Well, and he could literally be on the field week one as the starting right. quarterback. And that's the other thing, too, is that, you know, you're you're going to be doing what you want to do right away instead of, you know, starting the process with major league, you know, you go down to triple a or you, I mean, I don't even know if he'd start there. He'd probably go single a double a triple a, and then, you know, slowly work your way up. And that could take, you know, four or five years before you're actually on the team. And yeah. I, I get traded along the way as well. I mean, it, yeah, there's too much. Um, it just uh, baseball. I think that is the problem for baseball is that, you know, you have these players that get drafted and then, it does, you know, it's, sometimes it's a couple of years before they really can even come up or are allowed to come up to make an impact. And then even sometimes, you know, they'll call up those players for like a month and then send them down so they're not paying them or having that service time component to it. So, I mean, you know, imagine if that, imagine if in the NBA, you know, LeBron James had come in, right? So like LeBron James gets, or let's no Zion, let's go with the current example. Zion Williamson gets drafted. But imagine that we weren't going to see him play a full season until year three. I mean, that's to me, that's insanity. And that's something that you could easily fix just over. Baseball needs to fix that overall, I would say. Well, not only that, but like given his age, he's actually older than a lot of these guys are drafted because a lot of these guys are drafted in high school even. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he's even like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how old he is, but even if let's say he's 20. He's still probably like three years older than what a lot of these kids are are when they're drafted. And, you know, I mean, I guess that's, you know, for the younger kids, it's important to be able to also, you know, they kind of need some t- uh, baseball, I would imagine, is trying to make sure that they're more um, like emotionally mature and like stable from a mental standpoint. So I can see where. For the majority of players, like taking a year or two in single or double, you know, triple A is good. But for some of those players that are just, you know, again, it happens in all sports. Some players are literally ready the moment they get drafted. Right. And And the fact that there's basically an incentive system to not play them is insane for if you want to grow the sport. Right. But again, at the same point, I mean, if you do reach, you know, Bryce Harper, or, uh, you know, A-Rod status, I mean, you could make a life, more than a lifetime's worth of money in one yep. contract. And that's all or guaranteed. You'll like, never I mean, see that in football. Nope. So, yeah, I find that it was an interesting choice for him. I mean, obviously the NFL is, you know, if you make it in the NFL, your name is bigger, like your celebrity is bigger if you make it in the NFL. But it's also, you're right, I mean, there's, there's risks involved in you know, he made the choice that's right for him, and that's fine. But I think going forward, baseball has got to fix this problem. Right. But I, I also think that, I guess, in the – I don't know. I think if he was – if he is good enough at baseball, I would have stuck with that because of the health reasons. Because, again, you could blow out one of your knees or you get your brains bashed in over, you know, five years and you're done in terms of long-term. Right. Well, and you know, there's plenty of uh, there's plenty of other quarterbacks out there that people could get. You know, like Colin Kaepernick, he's back on the market now. So, <laughs> yeah, but he did turn down to play in the AAF too because they didn't give him enough money. Oh, he did. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, I that's think... gonna be that's gonna be interesting to see how that grows. That's almost a whole podcast in itself for what right. football's looking like. What do you think about um, uh, pitch clock? What are your thoughts on the pitch clock? Uh, I think it. I would I would adopt that. Period. I know that they have sped it up somewhat. I mean, I don't know what the pitch clock is now. It's, what, 30 seconds or 25? I believe it's 30 seconds right now. Right. So, yeah, I'd 
I anything to make the game go by faster, I would be all in favor of. I remember dad would always, my dad, when we would watch, you know, or go to Brewers games, he always wanted to go to the games where Ben Sheets was pitching because, you know, Sheets would get the ball set up and like pitch right away. It's not one of those guys, you know, has to pick up the Rosen bag, drop it four times, wipe the brow, you know, check the direction of the wind. I appreciate that. That's the part where, you know, in, in playoff baseball, those are the moments that kind of, build up that anxiety but you have to make it through 162 games of that otherwise right but yeah i'd I'd be all in favor of that yeah they could make it they could make it just fine 20 seconds and i know that you know they added last year i believe rules with regards to having to keep you know one foot in the box at all times which i'm a fan of that too i feel you know you should have to try and stay in as much as possible so those kind of things are fine um, here is one that I think I still don't quite know how I would feel about this. The three batter minimum for pitchers. What do you think about that? Absolutely. I, I hate, I absolutely hate when they bring a guy in and he's there for one pitcher or, I mean, he's in there for one batter and that's it. And now we have to go through the whole process again of, okay, now we're going to switch pitchers again. And that's going to take another five to seven minutes and you just constantly keep rotating guys, I think I would be much in favor of when a guy comes in, he has to at least face three batters at least. And, and again, your job as a pitcher regardless is to get out, period. I mean, whether if you're a starting pitcher or a relief pitcher, your job is to get out. And you coming in should be, all right, you need to get these three guys out, period. Now, see, I... I get that component to it. I really do. But this, the only problem I have is, and baseball seems more willing than a lot of other sports to do this, where I kind of, it's something about it just seems kind of antithetical to the idea of a sport. Like, you know, in the NBA or really the NFL or the NHL, there's no kind of rule that says, okay, like a player has to play, you know, for a certain amount. You know, if you're in the NBA, you could bring in, you could put in a guy for 45 seconds if you wanted to and then pull him out at the next break. Or, and you know, the NHL, you could have, you know, you could jumble up the lines and throw them on there for a couple of minutes to see what sticks. In the NFL, you can bring in a guy to run one play in the red zone or, at, you know, at the goal line. So I'm like, I don't know how I feel about saying, okay, you know, you have to be forced to do this. Now, the speed, the, the to increasing the speed of the game is where this is coming from. And to that component, I probably lean more towards your side overall because, like you said, a pitcher has to get out. So it's not supposed to matter if they're, you know, right-handed batters, left-handed batters. Which, I mean, regardless of who's up there, you're trying to get them out. But I just, I don't know if I like the limits of batters i mean maybe you could maybe convince me for a two batter two batter minimum to at least kind of find some middle ground but i just don't know if i like that idea of saying it has it's like eliminating the shift you know they talked about eliminating the shift as the potential rule change and my thought to that is why it's a perfectly legitimate strategy that just no one takes advantage of that's on the players and the managers that's not on the the, the game of baseball to change that right and if anything, that would lengthen the game if you eliminated the shift. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I still do not understand for the life of me when it comes to the shift why you don't see people laying down, you know, Bunch laying down bunts down on the on the left on the third base side. I don't. I know it's tough to bunt. I mean, I I get that. Right, but there's saying, no one there. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so much. You just open have to space. put it in that general direction. <laughs> Or even just, I mean, you know, you have plenty of hitters in baseball that are able to kind of just, you know, put a little bit of contact on it. It doesn't, I mean, just to that side of the field, it doesn't have to be like a single. You put it down, what, halfway down the third baseline, there is literally no way that you're not going to make it to first. Or even if you're hitting it like five feet to the right of third base, there's no one there. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I hear what you're saying on that. And I've, I probably come down on the side of, on your take on that i just again i haven't totally figured out where i feel about it 
Um, a single trade deadline, I really don't – that doesn't mean a lot to me. You know, there's the one trade deadline, and then they have, you know, the waiver trade deadline. Honestly, I'm fine with that. I don't think there's a reason to change that. What about you? Yeah, I'm fine with it just being one. I mean, honestly, I know of the second, like, you know, August 31st deadline, but, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I really don't care that much. I mean, I mean, all the hype is around July 31st, so – Right. So I, yeah, it's, it's fine because you know what? And I'm, I'm, I'm taking these topics from an article that was on the ringer and, you know, they made a really good point in reading through that, you know, baseball is a long, it's a marathon of a season. So there should be opportunities for teams, you know, if something in August, like a player goes down or something really major happens, you should have an opportunity to at least try to re, you know, write the ship. Because it's a lot. Yes. Okay. Now comes to probably two of the more controversial ones. Let's just do, you know, at first, let's do the moving or lowering of the mound. Would you be in favor of that? Yeah, I'd be in favor of moving it back. I mean, I don't know what the distance is, but I mean, the evolution of pitching has only shown that the pitchers are only throwing the balls faster. So, if what you're looking to do is increase scoring, then moving it back is going to help you. Because again, I mean, in 10 years, some of these guys are going to be throwing, you know, 110 miles an hour right now with the the pitching mound the way it is. And I don't know how fast batting is going to catch up to being able to put those balls in play. See, I think this is one of those cases where if you want to raise or lower the mound, that's fine. I definitely would not want it moved. Um, the article talks about how, you know, the distance of the mound, that has not changed since baseball first came into being. And I think that was, that's opening up such a can of worms, especially if it was if it was a change that baseball makes, you know, Major League Baseball. But what if college doesn't do it? When you're, you know, uh, high school, there's just – I think you have to keep th- some things the same – you want to raise or lo- you want to lower it or raise it. There's been some established precedents for that. I mean, like I think it was sixty in 1968, they dropped the mound because everybody, you know, the pitchers were just completely dominating. You know, the Sandy Koufaxes, the Bob Gibsons. So I would definitely be fine with if you want to do it that way. But I don't think you can move it without opening up like a whole can of worms. Well, what if you moved it back like six inches? But you know what? I think if you move it back six inches, I don't think that's going to make it. Now, I'm not a I'm not a scientist, Tony. <laughs> For the record, in case anybody was confused, I don't think six in like I think you would have to move it back an insane degree to be able to see any true benefits from it because I mean I, these I, these balls are coming so fast. Is six inches really going to make a difference? I mean, I think it pitcher, would. I think six inches would make a difference. Because again, you're even if it's such a small distance, you know, again, you're still giving that ball less time to get to the mound. I mean, again, but, I mean, if you're if I'm you're throwing a, a ball, I... yeah, I, yeah, we're not scientists. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're in it for the money, not the science. <laughs> but I mean, if a ball's going again, this would be something that yeah, maybe MythBusters could do. If a ball's going 95 miles per hour, and the release point is six inches further back. I'd have to imagine the distance when it's hitting the strike zone or the speed is pretty much the same. But again, we're not. I, we're I got not nothing. Scientists. <laughs> so okay, we'll we'll put a pin in that one. You and I disagree on that. I'm ridiculous. <laughs> and now, of course, you know the big enchilada, the one that always comes up, bringing the DH to the National League. Tony, you are a National League boy. I would say I am an American League man. What, the, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about the DH in the National League, Mr. Brewer? I'm all in favor for it. Just <gasps> Outrageous! Just, just because of the fact that if I'm paying a pitcher X amount of dollars, his job is to pitch, not to hit. And anytime he's going up to the mound – or I should say the plate, um, his risk for injury increases a lot just by swinging the bat. Um, again, I don't know how many times that's actually happened. It might have never happened, but 
again, if your primary, if your job title is pitcher, it's not to hit the ball. So, you know, that is, that's the reason why I would say, yeah, bring the DH in. Um, I've, when we go through the things that I would change, I actually have something to complement the DH in both leagues to where it actually eliminates it all the Interesting. Well, I'd like that's a little tease for what's coming next. I, uh, I'm a, you know, again, I'm an American league guy. I'm a Yankee fan. So I enjoy, I enjoy the DH. (laughs) It's given, it's given a lot of really old hitters on the Yankees roster that are making billions of dollars. It gives them a reason to actually be in the lineup. Yeah, pretty much. Um, But I'm at the same time, I'm a traditionalist. You know, I love the history of baseball. And, you know, pitchers have had to hit in the National League for the entirety of its existence. But, you know, they're not very good at it. Right. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. When a pitcher actually does something, everybody goes crazy. Or, yeah, what's that? The Joker. Like, everyone loses their minds. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when Bartolo Colon hit that one home run. I mean, it still lives on in Mets fans' memories (laughs) to this day. But... I think I think you're right. The payoff of when a pitcher actually does something positive at the mound is not worth the. Oh, here comes a guaranteed strikeout. Well, not only that, but like, let's say you know on one pitch the pitcher swings for the fences and he like you know tears his oblique and now he's out for the rest of the year. Just rips it clean off the bone. Right. So then, I mean, he got injured not even not even doing what you paid him to do. So, and again, if you're paying, you know, shelling out 25 to $30 million a year for this guy, and then he hurts himself that way, like, is it really worth it? No. No. No, it is not. Okay, so those were pretty much, uh, those were some of the ideas that baseball's thinking about. You guys got to hear Tony's and mine uh, take on it. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and then we will be back to talk about some of the changes that we would go ahead and make so stay tuned we'll be right back we are back on the i'm wrong Air ride podcast uh jeff clutterbuck here with tony ferrari calling in remotely we've been talking about baseball america's pastime apple pie fireworks and hot dogs <laughs> all three of those delicious and beer at least and, yeah cotton. and the beer can't forget beer that's right <laughs> And Cracker Jacks and Peanuts and all that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we're talking baseball. We were talking about the rule changes that MLB is proposing with the Players Association. So we just went through some of the big ones that have been coming and getting leaked out of those discussions. Now what we'd like to do is kind of go through some of the ones that we think would be beneficial to the sport. So, Tony, I know that you've come up with a couple, so I'm really curious to hear you know, how terrible these ideas are. So let's... Uh, <laughs> Let's say if I was the um, if you were the commissioner, then I would propose these things. Yes, exactly. You'd be like, yes, or the commissioner of the league. Yeah, the Um, commissioner of baseball definitely has the power for it. One of them I would do is I would reduce the number of pickoff plays that a pitcher has to three per position on the base. So, what that would mean is that instead of having an unlimited amount, yeah, a guy's on first base. I have three attempts. To get him out. Okay. If I don't get the three, obviously he's probably going to steal. But if he goes to second base, then I have three more chances to pick him up from there. And let's say on the first pickoff, I get him at second base. So that would. So be is it each? So each batter essentially for each base they reach, reach you have three pickoff attempts. Yes. Okay. So that's what I would do because again, it just. It eliminates that where it's like, you know, pick off play, pick off play, pick off play. And just it eliminates that from the, you know, time aspect, I guess. Because if a guy's going to steal, he's going to steal. Right. I, I get it from the aspect of like, you know, I do 12 pickoff plays, but I get them on the 13th one. Okay, fine. But I mean, how I mean, I again, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't know how often that actually happens. So. Well, it's one of those things where a lot of these rule changes, I think, you know, the regular people, we sit here and when we're watching the game in the moment, it's like, oh, come on, just get this over with. 
But an actual – I mean, I can't think of too many times when the pickoffs go beyond three attempts. But you can definitely tell – I mean, I think – I see, that's why I would have no problem with making that a rule because, you know, a lot, I feel like a lot of times when they're doing the pickoff, it's really just kind of more for stalling than anything else. It's not really even necessarily an attempt to get him. Right. It's like, okay, well, you know, I want some more time to kind of get the batter out of his rhythm or I want to take some time. And they'll just kind of, you know, toss it over to first. You're not going to get the guy. It's not like, you know, if you're and now if you're Andy Pettit and you're, you know, a left-handed pitcher with that insane pickoff move, that was I was always fine with that because you could tell he was actually trying to get him and there was a little bit of trickery involved and some people used to think it was a balk. But you're right for your regular you know, game 112 out of 162, each base, each time they reach base having three pickoffs, I think that's fine. Because really, once you go past first, the pickoff attempts greatly diminish. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, when's the last time you saw a pickoff play at, like, third? I don't know if right. it ever I think, you know, like, your right-handed pitchers have a better advantage with that. But, I mean, I've seen pickoff plays. You know, you can think of ones at second and first that come to mind right away. But you're right. Once you get to third, I feel like you don't even really notice it anymore. Right. And now this doesn't differ from a pitch out. A pitch out is completely different. Right, so, yes. So throwing it to the catcher and the catcher throwing it to first or second, that's completely different. I agree. Uh, yeah, okay, so I agree with you on that one. I think that's fine. What else you got? I would reduce the season to 150 games. Oh! And with those 12 games that you eliminate, you yeah. build those in to be like a bye week or bye series, oh. where if you have rainouts, you now can add those in along the way. So everyone's still playing 150. But so basically, so what you're saying is if you had it like if the Indians, okay, so like the Indians and the Yankees. In April, they're playing a three-game series, and they one get rained out for two. Games. They get rained out for two games. They can make those up. Essentially, would this be at the end of the season, or would you kind of do it throughout the course well, of the I, season? I guess you could build it in where it's like, okay, the Yankees have a buy series. Okay, if it's twelve games, you have like you know three times or four times a year where there's like a a stretch where there's just an open space on the schedule. Yeah, in like August, and that's when you build that in. Yeah that series or those two games now but it doesn't baseball essentially i mean with the double header haven't they basically already solved this problem i guess but then at the same time if you don't have any rainouts, you now you know give time to rest guys you know essentially like i said be like a buy series where you're off for three three oh days, three okay days. i see what you're i see what you're saying so yeah just kind of giving a little bit of rest so like the way that the the nhl has a bye week mm -hmm. in there that would be the same thing. Again, I mean, you could, you don't have to do it as a series. You could set it to, like, you know, a week. You know, each team has, like, a two bye weeks throughout the year. Right. So, I mean, you could do it that way as well. Oh, that's interesting. You know, it's funny because I think a lot of the people, um, their immediate reaction to this is that baseball Money's players, lost. Oh, no. Well, there's the money's lost, but also, like, the baseball players get enough rest as it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess, but then at the same time, okay, then then don't have a bye week and then just, you know, end the season in, you know, mid-September or something. Right. I, I think your overall, your overall point of shortening the season, I really don't have a problem with that. I mean, again, it's 162 games. Percentage-wise, you know, you're not missing out on a lot if you just drop it by that amount. You right. know, we always, in, in April and May, whenever those teams start off really hot and you're like, oh, man, this is great. And then you start to realize that, oh, my God, they still have 80% of the season to go. <laughs> right, which is why I, I absolutely hate. I hate when it's April 20th and it's like, oh, my God, can they keep this run? I mean, are they going to the playoffs now? And you're, what, 12 games into the season? We're already <laughs> talking about, yep, going to the playoffs, going to be in the World Series. It's like, I understand you have you need topics to talk about, but you do it every year. And then you get the fans that call in that say, well, you know, pump the brakes, guys, and then they're the ones that lose their minds. Like, whoa, you need to count this now. These wins count just as much, Tony, as they do in April as they do in August. Right. And then when we, you know, have a turn for the worse in September, it's like, oh, well, I guess back in April they weren't that good, but we were the ones promoting them being good. So 
I mean, again, I I understand it's just banter to talk about, you know, in April, but I mean, still, well, I mean, breaks. Depend depending on how it goes for those first two months, you literally have seen your you know your rotation has gone through itself like two and a half times. Right. That's you know, as we've grown as as, as sports fans, I kind of say the royal we. Like I talk about us in, as a society of sports fans. I think we're starting to learn that small sample sizes have an incredible variance. You know, it's a small sample size is exactly what it is. A small sample size. It would be insane to take in baseball a 10-game stretch, let's say. Just call it 10 games and say, yep, that's that team for the rest of the year. Right. Unless, I mean, if you're already a good – like, if you're the Astros or, like, you're the Red Sox, and you, you know, okay, they play well for 10 games. Okay, yeah, fine. Like, I get it. If you're a good team, you're probably going to be a good team the whole year. But you can't take a ten the 10-game sample size and say – well, on the, at this rate, they're on the <laughs> 7,000 home runs. <laughs> <laughs> well, not only that, but I know, like, when you check, like, the standings, they always give you the 10-game uh, yeah. span. I almost think they should, like, expand that to, like, 25. Because that really – I think, tw- I think 25 would be perfect. A better sample size of how the team's been actually doing. Because And there's so much – because, again, especially for – that's why baseball is so funny, because the whole pitcher's thing – the pitcher thing just messes with it because in all the other sports, everybody's playing every game all the time. It's so hard to judge pitchers sometimes just because, you know, if they have one off game and, you know, again, this is why they have the advanced stats. So, I mean, there's ways now to kind of figure it out. But in the old days, when you were just going off an ERA, you know, Chinmain Wong comes in, <laughs> gives up, gives up <laughs> nine runs and then proceeds, you know, the next four games to only give up two. His ERA still looks like, uh, I don't know, like, you know, it's still, he's having a rough time, but the recent trend would be that he's pitching better. Right, especially at the beginning of the year where a guy could give up, you know, seven runs in the first two innings and they pull him and his ERA is, you know, 26. And now it takes five games for him to try and lower that. <laughs> exactly, right. Which is why, it's why I'm thankful for baseball that they've started to really do a better job of using the advanced stats because, you know, XFIP and park adjusted war and ERAs. Well, I, th- and- I think ERA is such a skewed number to begin with because I, because, because again, I mean, you, a pitcher that has, you know, 26 starts and 24 of those starts, you know, he only gives up two runs, but those other two, he gave up, you know, eight or so like his ERA is going to be way different than what it should be. Well, and then, so and, well, j- jumping off of that for just a second, what do you think? Like, do you care about RBIs then? Like, does the RBI mean anything to you, really? Well, it, I mean, it does. Because again, I mean, you still got to get those guys home, right? But I mean, it's the amount of RBI that you get in a given game is completely dependent on what the other players did for you. I mean, it's like you know, I can walk up, get a grand slam. I didn't do anything for those previous three batters. Right, but, I mean, the pitcher did screw up to throw whatever pitch he threw at you. So, I mean, yeah, it is dumb luck sometimes, but. I mean, I think it's, you know, the RBI, you know, when they use it with the triple crown stats, you know, the RBI is clearly the the black sheep of those three just because I, th- I think it means the least. I mean, it's, it's fine to keep it as a stat, but. I think how it used to it used to matter a lot more. Like you can tell me a guy had oh he had three ribbies in a game. Like okay, like he got a hit at a at a he got a hit at the right moment. It doesn't well, I guess really tell me it doesn't tell me I think anything. Maybe except for if you look at your roster over the course of a season, if you guys are crushing it with RBIs, I think you can safely assume your offense is doing pretty well. Well, I guess I guess you have to take this from an individual standpoint because again, the casual fan might not care about stats at all, just about how their team is doing. But, like, if you are more stat-oriented, I guess you need to look at, okay, how many RBIs does he have compared to, like, what's his batting average? Because if his average is, like, you know, 240, but he's got... The the Mendoza line. Right, and he's got, like, 100-some RBIs. I mean, I guess he's at the right place at the right time a lot of the times then. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, okay, so that was – I just had to talk about the RBIs for just a second there. What else you got for rule changes? Um, This is one I'm big on, and that would be all stadiums 
must adopt the retractable roof. Yeah, I hear what you're saying on that one. I think this is one of those cases where I'm like, listen, if you want to build an outdoor park and you live in Minnesota, it, <laughs> it sucks for you, but like you could do it. You know, I'd be more mad at your ownership then. Right. I mean, especially since the stadium you had before that was completely enclosed. Right. I mean, that's that's the funny part, <laughs> which is completely stupid. I mean, that is probably the worst place you could build an open roof stadium outside of, you know, June, July and August and in September or even September. You know, I, yeah, I, I just think it's one of those cases where, again, baseball, you know, there obviously there were never really indoor roofs until the 60s, I think, you know, the Astrodome was the first one. And I'm like, you know what, everybody, most of the teams back in the day when, you know, during baseball played in cold weather in April and May and had rainouts and had to make it up with double headers. And I think it's just, if that's what you want to do, you know, that's what you want to do. I mean, I love, again, as a baseball fan, being able to go to Miller Park anytime and know there's going to be a game, that is a great feeling. But, you know, I wouldn't sit there and say to a stadium I really like, like um, Wrigley, I wouldn't want to put, that'd be like putting, you know, taking a Picasso and then putting like the Samadhi face on it. <laughs> I, yes, just, but, I, wouldn't, but, I wouldn't like that. But fine, but if you're a Cubs fan, like last year, then you cannot complain when your games get rained out in all of April and now you have to make them up in September. And well, that's and that's exactly yeah, that's, what they complained about. Well, Cubs fans had a lot to complain about last year. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think, but, I, hear, but for I me, hear what you're saying. For the fans, I get it. Like, yeah, you should, you have no right to complain. That's the part where I agree. Like, no, this is the price you pay for having a stadium that way. But that would, then this is what I would say is that, okay, starting in 2020, you have a 10 year span to get the funds and the architecture together to have this retractable roof put on all your stadiums. Now, if you're a stadium that's just being built, you know, basically add on maybe a few years onto that or whatever. But again, you have 10 years to get a retractable roof on your stadium. But I mean, what if you're a team like the Dodgers who really doesn't have many rainouts? I mean, then you're based now again, you're talking about like owners paying money, but I mean, technically, you know, if you're, if you're like the Dodgers owner, if you're Magic Johnson, you're like, why am I spending this money to put a roof on my stadium? Well, basically it'd be like, it, it's one or it's one or not one or none, I guess all of them have to have it or none of them can. Because again, I mean, I mean, where do you draw the line? Like if you, you know, take the United States and say, okay, everyone above this line has to have a roof then like, or based on, you know, stats that say over the last 10 years, you know, state or baseball cities had, you know, so many rainouts above this line or whatever. I mean, I don't know how you would go about figuring that out. I think that's why you can't do it because it's just, it's up to totally random. It's random chance. And I think it's part of, Again, back in the day, doubleheaders used to kind of be more exciting and used to mean more. I think now, I mean, I think personally that's one of the coolest things about baseball is the fact that you could have, two, and it, you know, it's due to the nature of the sport because it's not as physically intensive. The fact that you could have two games in a day, I always think that's really cool. I So, like, for me, I'm like, again, fans should not complain if they have a lot of rainouts. That's just right. what it is. I mean – but from the from the perspective of the sport, I think it's fine. They've been doing it for so many years, and then you get to come to a place like Milwaukee, and it's like, oh, this is just a bonus. Right, but then you have the fans, which are of the mindset where it's like, I need everything done now. And those are the fans that are starting to come up more and more and more, so now you have to please them. Whereas, well, I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, that's the only – I mean, you have to look at it from the marketing standpoint of, you know – the fans that like you are fine with double headers, but are there more uh, fans out there like you or are there more fans out there like, well, no, I want to be able to go to the game, set time, starts here, ends here, and I can go home then, you know? Well, as I'm, let me, t- I'm going to take, kind of take a quick look here. I'm trying to see what the overall like numbers of rainouts 
the overall number of rain ads. So, like, now this is from a couple of years ago. There were 23, what was this, 20, I think this was in, in 2017, there had been 23 postponements of games. If you take that percentage out of the 162, that's a really small percentage. Right. So I think I this is one of those cases where I'll disagree, and I think that it's more of a it's a like a solution in search of a problem. But at the same time, I also recognize what you're saying with the fans, and the fans make everything worse. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but they're the we, things that make they're, they're the straw that stirs the drink. That's that's right. That's a nice, <laughs> nice Reggie Jackson reference uh, there. I appreciate that. <laughs> but it's uh, true. I mean, you, you know, if you don't have fans, you don't have anything. Well, I ho- hopefully uh, baseball and the NHL and the NBA and the NFL remember that when they head towards the next lockouts. Whenever well, they're not. Happens. It's all about the Benjamins. So. It's all about the Benjamins. <laughs> all right, Tom, did you have any other uh, changes? Yes, I have two more. All this right. Next, you know, next let's take, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back and we'll finish with those two and then close out the show. All right. All right. So let's take a quick break, everybody, and we'll be right back to close things out. It's almost as if we're bringing in the closer from the top of the ninth. <laughs> okay, okay, we're taking a break. <laughs> hey, we are back on the I'm Wrong, You're Right podcast. Uh, we brought in our closer at the top of the ninth. Can he, can he close out the game? Can he, can he get the W? Can he get the save? Tony, you had two more changes for baseball, and these better be the best two changes you've ever had. Well, like in terms of me being fired as commissioner or everyone hating me as commissioner. Ooh, now, now, now I'm intrigued. Give me your, <laughs> give me your first change. <laughs> well, this first one I would like, but uh, City Out West would not. And that would Ooh. be announce the starting pitchers at game time. Oh. So, and again, Vegas would absolutely hate this. Um, but that's what I would do is that you announce the starting pitchers at game time. So no one, you I mean, the, the lineup's already out, which right. again, we'll get into what replacing the DH would be. But you announce the lineups, um, you know, I think it's like an hour or a few hours before the game. But the, right. the pitchers aren't announced until game time. Ooh, interesting. Now, oh, that's an interesting one. Now, I have to feel that in the regular season, it probably doesn't matter as much because they generally follow a rotation. Are you kind of thinking that this would impact more in the playoffs, you think? I think it would impact a, across the board, like the whole season. Because, again, you don't know who's pitching, you know. I mean that. I mean that changes. That's throws a huge monkey wrench in your lineup, in terms of how things are set. I guess, I guess you would have to change it then to where no lineup is out until game time. Then because then you know you're giving advantage to the other team the way they set up the who's who's going to pitch then the way the the way the lineup is set. So I guess you'd have to just wait till game time. Well, I think it'd be you know it'd be really interesting if. And, you know, this would be a, this could be something to, you know, to further add to home field advantage where your opponent has to announce their starting lineup prior to you. So, like, you know, I, you know again, I don't know how it works currently. I, I feel like they kind of generally – generally in baseball, I feel the lineups kind of stay the same for the most part, especially the rotation. But, you know, if it was on game day – and, you know, they had to do it two hours in advance, that at least would give, you know, time to, for the, the home team to at least say, oh, okay, so we can make this change. Absolutely. I mean, anything to make home field advantage more, you know, in your favor, I guess, because then it means more, you know, when you're playing those games where it's like, oh, we, we need home field advantage in the playoffs. Right. So, I mean, yeah, that'd be, but, but again, I know Vegas would never go for this, so. Well, uh, yeah, I, I sit here and I say, you know, Vegas doesn't make any money on baseball with gambling. I'm sure they do, but I, I, I don't think baseball gambling is as big of a cash cow as you know, like the NFL gambling is. But okay, all right, I see, I see where you're going with that one. Okay, I like that. Um, all right, what's your uh, last one then? 
And this would be the one to, in my opinion, you'd eliminate the DH in both leagues. And what you would Whoa! do, <laughs> what you would do is you would create another position on the field. So you would have a tenth position okay. on the field. You call it a midfielder. Okay. And that person would play in between the outfielders and the infielders, and they can play at any position at any time. So instead of having a shift or setting a shift. Yeah. Now you can set that midfielder maybe in between, you know, the first baseman. He would be positioned behind him and then in, in front of the uh, right fielder. Oh, so you so literally would have somebody playing that, you know, open field in between the outfielders and the infielders, basically. Interesting. Okay, here is my... Here's my counter to that. If I if I may play devil's advocate, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I really wish podcasts were like a visual medium where I could just cue up that Simpsons joke. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, you have that midfielder. Don't you feel that you'd be cutting down? Okay, so like essentially, essentially, basically, there's no DH because that person is actually playing a position. So you do right. have, okay, so you do have like a batter, an extra batter playing through. So you might get offense that way, but don't you feel with that midfielder that you would be cutting down offense like tremendously? Because I feel, you know, a lot of the times the, that real sweet spot, like those little bloopers that fall right in between, essentially you really wouldn't have to worry about that because you would have an extra person there to kind of take care of that trash. Don't you, aren't you afraid that offense would just get completely stymied? I don't know because again, like even if he's positioned, you know, uh, behind first base and in front of the right fielder, there's still that open field to the left side and center of it. And again, you know, you think of doubles, you know, as much outfield as there is, you know, guys still are hit them into the gaps. So Yeah, that's true. And again, you hit a ground ball that gets out. I mean, that. so I, again, you would, you could eliminate and say no more shifts, but we're giving you this extra player. And at the same time, you're eliminating the DH and essentially adding it um, to the National League as well. So now I think where I think where something like that would be really interesting then is to see what would happen with all the DHs that currently play. I feel that they probably you probably end up shifting things around where your DH becomes your first baseman, and then you end up moving somebody else. Like, you know, maybe your maybe your shortstop becomes your midfielder or I think that would make it interesting because you'd have to really say, Okay, I've got David Ortiz, where the hell am I gonna put him? <laughs> well that well that also would open, you know, your utility players, like that would give them a huge incentive to have those players that can play multiple positions because you know, you want want someone that's probably more like a shortstop out there. That's really fast, has a good arm, and can cover a lot of ground. And I suppose offensively, then now you've also pretty much, you know, you've gotten rid of the pinch hitter, which is, I mean, which is fine because essentially you're making up for it with having a real batter instead of a pitcher. Right. And again, I just, I'm not a big fan of, you know, some, you know, 300 pound guy whose main job is just to go up there and swing the bat. Like, hey, again, don't you. Don't you, insult, <laughs> don't you insult the fine tradition of American League overweight designated hitters like Cecil Fielder, Prince Fielder, <laughs> Prince Fielder's son, probably. <laughs> well, Prince was a first baseman, so any true, yeah. in the league. And then, yeah, yeah, and then he became, or uh, let me see, I'll try, or, uh, uh, Pablo, Pablo Sandoval. Like, <laughs> no, he played in the National League, too. Yeah, but when he went to Boston, then actually, I think they still had him. At, I think they still had him at third base because they had they had Big Poppy. So you can't you can't yeah. take Big Poppy out of the DH. Oh, Big Panda. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, I mean, I guess that would you know again you eliminate the DH and add another position. So, ooh, that is interesting. And see, those are the changes where that's the kind of change where I think it's it kind of like. In, in theory, I mean, obviously, baseball would probably spend, like, you know, millions of dollars to find out what the actual effect would be. But I like the idea as 
in principle because essentially, you know, you get the people that say the DH, they're not real players because they don't have to do anything else besides hit. You have the people that say the pitchers aren't real, you know, batters because, you know, they can't hit. It's not part of their job. So in this case, essentially what you've done is pitchers, you please both pitch, sides, really. pitchers still wouldn't hit, but you're at least taking – you've got another position of someone that actually has to play baseball. So I think that probably gets at a middle ground. I think that's right. Right. And again, you sort of pleased everyone by meeting in the middle, I guess. Which of course, you know, some people say, if you try to please everyone, you please no one, but right. That's definitely interesting. All right. Tony. Well, as commissioner or as head of the players union, I think your ideas are, incredibly unfounded and will <laughs> it'll draw this game to ruin and <laughs> no i actually probably like every change that's ever been brought about is the same thing is said yeah like in the 18 in, in 1873 you know like i believe that the the leather on a glove should be a certain shade of color <laughs> outrageous sir <laughs> I, I challenge you to a duel at dawn <laughs> Yeah, that kind, of, that kind of about sums it up for uh, how, how I view baseball's historical arguments in the past. <laughs> it's a lot of, you know, if you've ever watched Conan, you know, pretend to box, that's how I feel with a big handlebar mustache. Old-timey. And, yeah, old-timey, like, just, you know, constantly going up and down in your arms, just moving like the Notre Dame fighting Irish leprechaun. <laughs> like, that's how I picture baseball arguments happen in a boardroom. Out, outrageous, sir! <laughs> you take off the white glove and slap somebody with it. Oh yeah, that'd be even better. Like if you could do that on the field. That's here's a change for you. You can the managers can duel with each other. <laughs> or, One, they, or, or they can adopt the what was it in Futurama? Was it Blurns Ball? Yeah, Blurns Ball. <laughs> <laughs> a ball with what a tether on it? Yeah, a ball with a string. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they really they really thought about the logic of that one, even for a cartoon show. <laughs> but the important thing to remember is that the New York Mets were always awful, no matter if it was baseball or Blurns Ball. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, folks. Uh, Tony and I, you know, I think we like to think that we've solved all of baseball's problems. Uh, and created more. Commissioner Manfred can feel free to contact us to, so we can receive our royalties at any time. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode. You can check us out um, on Twitter at IWYRPod. You can also check us out on Instagram at the same uh, the same handle. Uh, Tony, thanks for hopping on. Anything else to say here to close out for the crowd? Nope. I'm just hoping that spring comes just as fast as baseball has. Opening day is always it's a it's a great time. I've been to opening days when it's super warm. I've been to opening days when I had to make sure I drank enough to keep my body warm. So <laughs> I've I've uh, I've experienced the whole gamut. So yeah, I'm looking forward to looking forward to baseball coming up. So for uh, everyone here at the I'm Wrong You're Right podcast, this is Jeff Clutterbuck and Tony Ferrari saying see ya everybody real soon get up get up get out of here go on bye <laughs> <laughs>